Penn State Conversations is a podcast produced by the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications. Episode topics range from the people, programs, and events that shape the Belisario College to discussing key aspects of life in the professional world for young and upcoming communications alumni. Please enjoy this episode of Penn State Conversations. Welcome to this week's episode of the Penn State Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Taylor, and on this week's episode, I spoke with Karen mosley Bryan about operating all of the facilities in the Belisario College of Communications. My name is Karen mosley Bryan, and I'm the facility manager here in the Belisario College of Communications. And could you explain to people what that means to being a facility manager? Uh, being a facility manager as a whole, um, the, the position holds many different hats. Depending on which department, you're, whether you're in liberal arts or engineering, it means pretty much the same thing all the way around. Um, and that is uh, a facility manager is a liaison between their college and physical plant. So day to day, I could be doing anything. I could be um, calling in physical plant to eradicate some unwanted ants or something like that, or working on a renovation such as like the Willard Project. Um, I could be purchasing furniture. I could be coordinating phone moves. It could. It's a gamut of things. Okay, because when I hear facility manager, I'm thinking all the facilities within the college are like kind of answering to you. Is that correct? Is that a s- that that is a correct assumption? And um, so that would include everything that's under all facilities under the umbrella of Belisario College of Communications, such as Carnegie Building, such as. College Heights, which we moved folks out of James Building to there, so that's a swing space, a temporary home for them until we get things settled over in Willard, um, as well as the 103 building and the Lubert building out at Innovation Park. They all fall under the umbrella of the College of Communications, the Belisario College of Communications, as well as my area. I guess, so you said the, the buildings, but how many people are, how many spaces kind of are operating under well, look at it this way. Um, you have production, and pretty much all the production is housed out at Innovation Park. So we have three suites, you know, two in Lubert and one in 103. So all that falls under me. The folks that run those facilities, with the exception of Call Media, fall under me. And then in Carnegie, it's like 121, the Don Davis Lab, um, but facilities is so broad because it's it's pretty essentially the the building. But for out of Innovation Park, it's the, the suite. suite. So yeah. Carnegie Building is that's a facility. Yes. And then the Innovation Park buildings are the television labs and the audio labs and things like that, and those suites that right. are housed out there. Right. Okay. So every, everything. All, yeah. And how did you kind of get into? Well, because I know you started in tele, tele uh, telecommunications. Correct. So how did? So um, when I initially started working here, um, my position was a lab coordinator. 
So essentially, I was teaching students how to edit, how to be in this, in this television studio. So the positions are not like they are now. There were four of us, and we all traveled with different classes. So we weren't just in the editing lab or just in the television studio. We did it all. We even did audio editing. And the, and the equipment room had people assigned to it. But the lab, other lab coordinators, myself included, we were assigned to, to classes. Um, so I did that for many years. And then um, my boss left. And then because I had, I guess, a little bit more seniority than most, Myself, um, the boss's administrative assistant, and then the person who was in charge of the um, film equipment room, they merged the three of us together and became the facility management team. Um, and then from there, um, one person left. They didn't replace that position. And then my counterpart, the administrative assistant, um, we were then the facility management team. And then she ended up leaving. and. Here I am. So it's evolved. Yeah. It's definitely evolved. So you said early on it wasn't like like now when I think of going into a facility like, you know, a photo lab or a computer lab, there's always like someone there. Mm -hmm. And you're saying it wasn't always like that? We had work studies. Okay. But in terms of the people who were the hands on the trainers per se, yes. Um, those those people at the time were apt to do it all. So you learned audio. Yes. Okay. So yep. it wasn't like a specialty. No, there was no. No, there was no specialty. Mm -mm. And how did you get into telecommunications? Uh, well, when I was an undergrad here, that's what I studied. I studied telecom. So my background is in TV production. Yeah, I, I was. I I was meaning like you know what drew you to telecommunications as a field, like when wow. you were under, when you were an undergrad. Why? 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 That is a very good question. Um, funny story. My father, I always was involved in theater and music. Um, and my father wanted me to go and um, study to be a music teacher. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, and then when I started college, I wasn't sure really what I wanted to do. I was going down the theater route. And um, and then my theater um, teacher was involved with speech communications, and so I started I started to dabble in that, but then I'm like, no, I like the different the other side of communications, the the television and you know the radio and stuff like that. So it was just kind of like you know not go. I didn't want to really go into the speech comm direction, so I just kind of did a a 90 and, and went into the telecom realm. So there was like several little entry points. And you right, to... exactly. And how is it different? How is the telecommunications major different now than, say? There's a lot more management um, than, there, were, than there, there was at the time. Um, when I was in school, it was a lot of emphasis on, um, the emphasis was placed on mostly the hands-on experience. Um, the exposure to all the equipment, the studio work. Um, yeah, and right now it's, it's just, it's so different. I mean, even technology is completely different. What we have available now <laughs> wasn't even, it might have been somebody's little inkling back then, but um, technology has changed 
considerably, ridiculously. <laughs> Are you a little bit? It sounds like you're a little bit. Kind of wish you could use it. New technology? Yeah. I can. I mean, as a, as a student. <laughs> as a student. Uh, oh, yeah. I think there's so many opportunities. One of the things that I used to tell students, um, you know, maybe 25 years ago, was that you, in order for you to succeed in production, you need to be, quote unquote, the one man band, to be able to do it all, um, to, to shoot, to light, to edit, and then be the, the face. Um, right now, you don't need that tight of a skill set. Yes, you know, on some level, I, I'm, you know, folks still need to be able to shoot, but many times now, I mean, everyone has their, their cell phone. So they're using their cell phone to shoot, and, you know, they can be pretty steady. I mean, the equipment was much more cumbersome, big, bulky, heavy. I know so many people who used to go to the chiropractor monthly because the gear was so heavy. But yeah, uh, yeah, technology has changed the face of telecom. After school, did you go right into telecom or did you? Well, I had done um, an internship, you mean after high school? Uh, after, after college. Oh, after college. Um, what I ended up doing is um, I had done an internship and worked at KDKA. So, Pretty much, I felt that I had a foot in the door, and um, before I, and I ended up taking the summer session my senior year. So before I even graduated, I had a job here. So, so I figured, oh, I'll just do it eh, maybe a year or two, and then go to Pitts, back to Pittsburgh and start working. Well, that never happened. What kind of, <laughs> what kind of kept you here? Uh, you know, the... The job, I enjoyed what I was doing, um, the people, um, and I finally, I met somebody here and then ended up getting married to someone who's from Center County. So yeah, that's why I stayed here. But I, you know, it's something that you may or may not know. I, I've been at, in the, the Belisario College of Communications at the university for 30 years under that auspice yes yeah. so i have not changed jobs or anything well yeah within but the not the title has changed but you yeah but i've still been under the belisario college and um, when you talk about you know what you liked about it what is some of the your most favorite thing or your most enjoyable thing about the job the the fun thing about the job currently is that every, every day something's different. I never know what's coming my way. I mean, granted, you have the day-to-day -day mundane things that you need to take care of, but as a whole, something's bound to be different. And that's good. That's a good thing for me. So for, could you give like maybe an example of a drastic change in you know, a day-to-day -day schedule? A drastic change in my day-to-day -day schedule would be, you know, somebody pulled the fire alarm. That has disrupted my day as well as everyone else in the building. So then there's paperwork that needs to be filled out. Police have to be called if, I mean, they're already, typically they're already dispatched. But um, if they're not, then I'll need to call them. And then, you know, they have to do their thing while we all wait outside. And then from there, I have to then call the safety office 
earth and health, so, um, environmental health and safety. Uh, I have to get in touch with their person over there and let them know that we had a pulled fire alarm. And then I have to communicate with them, you know, the time and all that jazz. And so, you know, that takes several hours to get that all accomplished. So, yeah, that, that changes the dynamic of your day. And was it a day where no one doesn't pull, no one pulls a fire alarm? What's that day like? That day is like, you know, I come in, I go through my emails. Um, if I have meetings, I'll just go to my meetings and come back. Uh, I might get an email or a phone call saying, hey, you know, I need the shredding removed. Can you put in a work order? I'll put in a work order. So it's kind of like, and then I'm able to work on projects that need to, you know, I need, that needs my attention. And what are some of those projects? Well, one of the things that I um, work on with the, with the telecommunication services is keeping a database of um, all the phones. So you have the model number, you have who it's assigned to, you have that person's name, user ID, and then the, um, the, each phone is proprietary to a specific jack. So then that number on the phone, not the phone number, but there's a, they call like it a Mac app. address, yeah. um, that's assigned to the phone. That has to be put in there. And every, so everything needs to be kept updated. So it's, you know, big old database spreadsheet. So you just ha those are th some things you just have to stay on top of. And so there, there are days yeah. where you just have your, when no one's pulling fire alarms or messing up your day, that's what the kind of like day-to-day -day stuff mm -hmm. is. Is there something that, you know, may be a struggle or was a struggle when you first started? What's new, what's needed to be learned, what's difficult about the job is learning the new systems. Um, one of the systems uh, that's going away this summer is called IBIS. It's a financial system. Every aspect of finance, you know, is within that system. So, you know, you ha only have a little portion or a big portion that you need to learn, you know, ins and outs, acronyms, you know, the university is big for that, all the acronyms within that financial system. Another um, system that needs to be learned is for physical plant. They have their own system where you put in work orders. And you need, you have a standing order number, you know, there's all the information that goes into this one system. They get spit out on the other end in some different setup. It's, things get changed once it goes through the process you have that. So there's just, there, there are just more, but those are just two that, um, as of SE, that you, one needs to learn. So it's just a constant like learning and maybe relearning. Of learning, relearn, refreshing, and then when the university decides they want to change it, then you gotta learn it all over again. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, it, it's, it's nuts. And then the, you talked about a couple of times the Willard Project, uh, the new Belisario Media Center. How yes. is that going to affect you? Oh, my. So, you know, that's, that is a huge undertaking. Now, the building, Car Carnegie Building, and even the um, suites out of Innovation Park, they've all gone under some sort of renovation. This is by far the largest renovation that we'll be doing um, within the Belisario College. Um, getting a building, putting it together all fresh and new. 
Um, it's very exciting. But for me, uh, I, I am part of the, the group that's working on the look, the design, what are our needs. I mean, we do a lot of data um, assessment. You know, what do we need? What don't we need? What works? What doesn't work? Uh, how big should this space be? You know, what's the look of the room? What's the feel? It, so all these things, that, you know, we kind of put this all together, work with architects to design it, yay or nay, this works, this doesn't work, um, did we accommodate for this, that, and the other. Um, but this is, I mean, this has been a two-year process, maybe a little longer now, that we've work, been working with the architects to come up with the, the concept and the idea which we're following through. So we have weekly meetings um, that we work with the construction company as well as the um, architect firm will conference in, call in. We go over things that maybe didn't get taken care of. At this point in time, for the most part, I'm just the observer. You know, on the, on the, on the head end of this, I was definitely a heavy, heavy player. But now it's all the nuts and bolts, the walls, you know, um, tweaking the design by three inches, the crazy things like that. That, you know, uh, my mother always said, every experience is a good experience as long as you learn from it. And I am completely taking this all in and running with it because it's, it's a wonderful process. But it's, it's different. It's just so different than what my, my background is. How many... You talked about planning and like meeting with architects, and I've always just been curious because I know like architects are some of like the most meticulous people. How many different type of plan and plans have you think you've seen or or talked about? Truthfully, these people are on par. There's Studios Architecture out of um, Washington D.C. They are on par. I mean, they they met with us many times early on and heard from focus groups and then from all that information that they got from us and all that they saw because they they went through and looked at everything that we had took everything into consideration and came back with a plan honestly no joke i i believe that there might have been maybe three revisions i mean they're they're on par i mean they're 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 the real deal and you talked about uh, the feel of certain rooms and uh, mm -hmm. how how different was that? Because I don't, uh, was that something you thought you would ever be, you know, undertaking, concepting or conceptualizing the feel of a room? Because I'm not an architect and they're out there doing the things. I mean, we we started out doing some benchmarking with other, other universities that are our counterpart. Um, we went to Syracuse. We went to ASU. Um, we went to a couple places down south. We went to the ones, the, the, the programs that were successful. And um, you want to you be successful and better, right? So we went to these places. I went to ASU. And um, it was nice to do some benchmarking to see how a fairly new building looked. You know, it wasn't that old. So, you know, what you take, what's your takeaway from this experience? What did you like? What didn't you like? What are they doing that we should be doing? Or, you know, they're nearly, you know, we're, we're ahead of the game as opposed to them. 
Um, so that's, that was the goal of benchmarking, the takeaway, and what we could use and make better. Um, so I, I feel that we did that and we're able to bring that to the table um, and give that to the architects. And then there's going to be a lot of cool new equipment and stuff over there. How often are you going to go kind of go check that stuff out? Oh, all the time. Hey, <laughs> I am just across the street. Yeah. I mean, it, technology is expensive. Keeping up with the Joneses, you shouldn't do that. You should do what's best for the program. Still be, you know, I hate to use the term, but cutting edge or ahead of the game. Um, innovative. Uh, but still not put yourself into a hole. You get, really have to think through purchases and, and things like that and be prudent. But I will definitely be going over and playing with the toys and, and gotta stuff see like what that. Got to see what you, you, you bought, right? Right, right. <laughs> and see what the, what the students are doing with um, the technology that we're providing them. Absolutely. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of Penn State Conversations. For more information about the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications, including the latest news and upcoming events, visit belisario.psu.edu or find us on social media at PSU Belisario on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.